face will be about
Good morning. And welcome to the Presbyterian Church on Edisto Island. Today is Christ the King Sunday, the final Sunday of our church calendar. And it is a joy to have you with us as we celebrate the end of the Christian year and look forward to Advent together. Before we begin worship, I have a few announcements. We love to welcome visitors, especially first-time visitors. For those who are with us for the first time, we have a small gift for you, to, for you to remember us by and share a little more about our church. If, if you will raise your hands, an usher will bring you a welcome bag. Should you need it, a restroom is under the stairwell through that corner door back there. There are friendship registers in each pew that let us know of your presence this morning. Um, please sign and pass along your neighbors. Um, if you are visiting today, there is a space to leave your contact information and we'll gladly be in touch. The nursery is over in the ministry center um, and welcomes children six and under at any time during the service. This Presbyterian women will gather here in the sanctuary this Tuesday at 10 a.m. to begin decorating for the upcoming season. Please see Jane for more information on that. The adult and chime choirs will not meet this Thursday, um, and we wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. As Advent starts next Sunday, we hope you pick up your Advent and devotional calendars. Members of the worship committee are here passing them out today, so make sure you get those. And there are lots of upcoming dates for special Advent activities. Um, Please check your flash email for more information on these and more upcoming events. Now we have a special moment for the mission of the mission committee. As most of you know, Thornwell is a children's home located in Clinton, South Carolina. This special place has provided foster and residential care for many children for a long time. Thornwell serves to prevent child abuse and neglect, reunites families, and supports healthy communities in the name of Jesus Christ. Our church has supported Thornwell over the years and will continue to do so this year by collecting an, an offering to send them after Thanksgiving. We have placed envelopes in the pews, and if you feel so moved, you may offer a gift. These may be added to the regular offering as it is collected. The focus for Thornwell this Thanksgiving comes from Matthew 25:40. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Thank you. Let us begin with a prelude.
please stand and join me in the call to worship you'll find in your bulletin. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel. Let us bow for the opening prayer. Tender shepherd, you gather us here to dwell in your love and grace. You comfort and guide us. You heal and redeem us. As we sing your songs of praise, send your light into our lives. As we commit ourselves to the ways of Christ, our guide, ruler, and savior. Bless us with your presence. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Please remain standing as we sing, I want to walk as a child of the light, printed on the back side of your bulletin.
Please be seated. Friends, we do not confess our sins in the hope of forgiveness. We confess our sins with the certainty of forgiveness. For the Apostle Paul assures us that we have been rescued from the power of darkness and transformed into the kingdom with God's beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the complete forgiveness of our sins. And so with that promise, that assurance, that redemption, we confess our sins before God and one another. May we pray together. Jesus Christ, Son of God, forgive the times we have forgotten you, the times we have turned away from you, the times we have laughed at you, the times we have ignored you and the needs of our brothers and sisters. Bring us close once more that we might dwell in your redeeming love. Allow us to confess you as our King once again and restore our commitment to be more Christ-like in word, in deed, and in spirit. We pray now our silent confessions. Amen. May we stand together for the assurance of pardon. In scripture today, we'll hear that Jesus said, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Brothers and sisters, siblings in Christ, rejoice, for Christ's love and forgiveness is for you. Thanks be to God. Be seated. Please bow for the prayer of illumination. Holy God, through the generations you have spoken to us, you have sent the voices of the prophets, you have sent the words of an 
of an overjoyed new father and expectant mother. You have sent the assurance of a condemned man on the cross. Quiet in us any voice but your own that, by the power of the Spirit, we might hear the words you speak to us today. Amen. The Old Testament reading for today is from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people. It is to you who have scattered my flock and driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and then I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up my shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and then they shall no longer fear or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judea will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name in which he will be called, The Lord is our righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. like to invite children forward for our time together. Good morning. Y'all come together. I want to show you something. I brought a picture that I printed off, and I wondered if you could help Tell me what this picture looks like to you. Uh, what do you see in this picture? An Indian, hmm? some deer. Some deer? Does that look like two little deer standing down there? What do you think, Reagan? And a pot. Yeah, carrying a pot. Oh, or maybe they're cows. Yeah, Kelly, what else do you see in this picture? An Indian. Hmm. Look, look on the, this is a man, right? Can you tell that that's a man? Yeah, and. What do you think is on this person's shoulders? Fox. A fox? A fox. Fur? Okay. So, congregation, what I'm showing the children, this is one of the oldest depictions we have of Jesus. This was drawn on the walls of the catacombs in Rome, and it's dated early 3rd century. So... We don't have many images of Jesus from that, that, that long ago. This is one of the absolute oldest. So now that you know that this is a picture of Jesus, and if you listen to the passage that we just read, what do you, th what do you think these animals might be now? The one that's around his neck and these two little ones by his sheep. That's right. Yeah, that's actually a lamb that he's got. He's holding the lamb around his, his neck, and there's two little sheep. Yeah, these are sheep. So, um, you know, the Bible never gives us 
a physical description of what Jesus looks like. It doesn't say Jesus has brown hair or brown eyes like you do, or it doesn't say he's got a big nose or little ears, or we don't get any kind of physical description, but what we get are attributes of Jesus, what Jesus is like. And the scripture passage today shared with us a prophecy from Jeremiah. Jeremiah says that God was going to raise up a shepherd, and this shepherd would be a good shepherd, a great shepherd, and this shepherd would was Jesus, that's right, and one day Jesus would be king over all the earth, okay? So I want us to think a little bit about shepherds. What do you know about shepherds? Have you ever seen a shepherd working in the fields with sheep? That they're German. They're German? I guess there are some German shepherds. <laughs> What else? Have you seen a shepherd, Bethan? No? What do, you, what do we know about shepherds? I, yeah? They keep lambs safe. That's right. They're kind of caretakers, aren't they? They watch, they watch their flock to make sure nothing um, takes them away. Yeah, that's right. You know, the wolves or other animals that might want to come eat them. They, sometimes they use dogs, they use some other animals to help guide and, and get the sheep to where they want them to go. Here's a question. If a shepherd went into the field and just yelled really, really loud at those sheep, do you think the sheep would come running to him or do you think it would scare the sheep away? Yeah, it'd scare me away if someone yelled at me. Yeah, so shepherds speak tenderly to their sheep, don't they? They care for them, they love them, they want to make sure that, that all, every single sheep is accounted for and taken care of. Now, I want us to think about what do we know about like kings in the world, like rulers in the world? That they're rich. That they're rich. What else do we know about a king? They could be mean, yeah. They have a lot of power, don't they? If they say something, people do it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that the Bible tells us that Jesus is the good shepherd, but also a king, because those are two really different images. Yeah, but then Jesus is the nice king. Yeah, so that's one of the things that we think about, particularly on this Sunday, Christ. Jesus doesn't have slaves. He has friends. He calls us all his friends. That's right. So... On Christ the King Sunday, we have to think about these images which kind of seem opposite of one another. Jesus is the good shepherd, and that's how the earliest Christians thought of Jesus and recognized who Jesus was. But Jesus is also our king, but not in the way that the world has known kings, right? Jesus is going to be a really, really different king, one that's going to be nice, one that's going to love us and take care of us and maybe even speak tenderly to us. So when we think of Jesus as king, we can remember that Jesus is the good shepherd who looks after all of his flock. And guess what? We are the sheep of God's pasture, right? Everyone who loves Jesus becomes one of his sheep, and we're all cared for. So let's celebrate that this morning with a prayer together. Let us pray. 
Dear God, we thank you so much for these images that help us to understand a little bit more about you and your love for us. We thank you for those early Christians that recognized that this image of Jesus as the shepherd is so very, very important to our faith and our understanding. And we thank you for sharing, we thank them for sharing that image with us in those very first early days of Christianity. Help us to recognize Jesus as the king in our lives, as the good shepherd. Amen. Thank you very much for your attention. You can return to your pew.
A reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 23, verses 33 through 43. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The two passages this week for Christ the King Sunday, they offer us some strong images and some conflicting viewpoints. Jeremiah prophesies that a king is to come who will shepherd his people. And this king will not be like the others. This king will rule with justice and righteousness. Whereas all those earthly kings have led us astray, this true shepherd from David's line will gather us all together in such a way that his reign will be marked by safety and peace. Then we turn to the end of Luke's gospel and we hear the account of Christ on the cross. Jesus, the anointed one or king, is to bring about this righteous reign Yet here we hear that written above Jesus' head is not believed, but is a mockery. This is the king of the Jews. And we know that this king goes on to suffer, to breathe his last breath on the cross, and to die. Jesus will read about Next week in the genealogy from Matthew, Jesus is from the line of David. He's a descendant. The Messiah to come, the great shepherd, is also here the sacrificial lamb, the one who is slain. This is Christ's paradox that the choir just sang about. 
We hold in tension Jesus as lamb and Jesus as shepherd, the one clothed in light and yet stripped of might. And maybe over the years we've gotten accustomed to this paradox, this tension that's implicit in our faith. We just accept it and go on. But today on Christ the King Sunday, when we share these final readings of the church year, we ponder again the fullness of God's reign, the final destiny to which we are called, and Jesus' lordship. As we do, we can't help but grapple again with this dissidence that we read about and learn about in our text, and even that dissidence that we experience in our living as Christians today in the kingdom. Shepherd coming will rule in such a way that the people will no longer fear. Jesus comes and brings peace, showing us how to turn our own cheek, to offer the coat even off our own backs, and how to love our neighbors. Yet today we live in a world crippled by fear, where war is waged, coats are stolen, and neighbors are accepted, sometimes only if they are the same. Jeremiah prophesies that the shepherd coming will gather us all like a good shepherd would do so that not even one is missing. And you'll remember that when Jesus shared with his disciples, he shared with this parable that the good shepherd will seek out and save even the one, even that one that goes missing. Yet how many people go missing each and every day, lost in body, mind, or spirit? Jeremiah prophesies that the king shall reign with justice. And Jesus challenges the unjust treatment of those who are marginalized and women and challenge the religious elite for their hypocrisy. Jesus stood up for those that suffered and for his work, he was condemned to death. And the same thing happens to those today who challenge the status quo. They are silenced if they go up against the empire. Jeremiah prophesied the coming reign of God, and Jesus spent the entirety of his short life teaching about God's kingdom. And yet, where is that paradise? You, Lord, are both lamb and shepherd. You, Lord, are both prince and slave. In one instant and in all of time, Christ embodies this tension. But what do we do with it? Where does that leave us? I don't know about you, but the here but not yet, that is to come, but always will be, 
that dissidence in our faith, it's confusing. Sometimes it's infuriating. And on this Christ the King Sunday, the final day of the year, when think about it, in just four weeks, we'll be singing together, this, this is Christ our King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Today, on this day, shouldn't we get a little clearer picture that that dissidence that we experience will will reconcile, will come together in such a way that when we welcome the season of Advent next week, we do so without question of the kingdom Christ brings when he is born in flesh and bone into our midst. I told you last Sunday that the Netflix series that I had been watching came to an end, and I didn't know it was ending, so I hadn't planned on what I was going to watch next. How delighted I was this week to find out that there is an entirely new season of The Crown available. Did anyone else watch The Crown? A couple of yes. I love it. I love it. It is the retelling of the story of Queen Elizabeth from her youth. And I know it's been dramatized and embellished, but since I have no idea what it's like to be royalty, it's fun to be immersed in that world to imagine the regal lives of kings and queens. The first few seasons really focus on Elizabeth herself, the expectations, the events, and the people that shaped her as a person and then her as a queen. We journey with her as she struggles with tough choices and does her best to live into her role as a sovereign. This new season, however, is a bit different. It shifts its focus away from the queen and more to her family and namely her children. And we're now chronologically right in the heart of the Charles and Diana saga, if you don't watch it so you kind of know the context. In this season, we watch as her children make mistake after mistake after mistake, and those mistakes lead to national scandal. Scandal diminishes the public's opinion of the monarchy in Great Britain, and ultimately, you can see how it's hurting the queen personally. It's been a pretty somber season so far, actually. And for her part, Queen Elizabeth takes a back seat. She's notably wringing her hands as she watches what her children are doing. It's obviously having a negative effect on her. But she's not exerting all the authority that she could. She's kind of just letting them work it out. Now, I haven't finished this season, so don't tell me the details if you have. But what I'm struck by so far is how reserved she seems to be at this stage in her reign. If you'd watched earlier seasons, you know that when similar things were happening with her sister as they were young women, she did intervene. And she basically took over her sister's life and didn't allow her sister to lead the life that she would have chosen for herself. So you see a real marked 
marked change now as her children are making some of the same decisions and mistakes. And I imagine if she wanted, she could just wield that hammer down on her children and their foolishness the same way that she had in the past. She could completely remove the problem by stripping them of their titles or banishing him, them like she did her uncle so that they can no longer make negative waves for her and her kingdom. But so far she hasn't done that. Now that doesn't mean, however, that she's just been silent these episodes. She's been speaking with these wayward children. She's been telling them to straighten up and fly right. She's been nudging them in new directions. And while this is by no means a complete or maybe even good metaphor for what we're talking about today. As I was watching more this week, it hit me. It's kind of what Jeremiah and even Jesus are doing. They're not stepping in and eradicating us, taking over our lives or living their will through us. They're giving us these nudges these heart-to-heart conversations saying, hey, hey, what you're doing, it's not going so well. It's not working out for everybody. Come back. Come back into the fold. Quit going out on your own. In this season of The Crown, they keep referring to the system. Those that have watched, have you been getting that reference? The system. And I think some might say that the system that they're talking about is just the monarchy and how participating perpetuates the power of the monarchy. And I can see that perspective. But I also kind of have been looking bigger. um, And I interpret the system as being a larger network encompassing the whole nation where all the individuals, every single person in the system has a role to play. And in doing so, they have to realize that they cannot be self-driven. That's one of the things you get a lot from the queen in this season, that she's not doing things for herself. Instead, all must work together Because really, for any kingdom to function, to work, everyone does have a part. And for the kingdom to be good, no one, not even the king, not even the queen, can work for just their own comfort or their own power. One of the criminals that was being crucified with Jesus, challenges him to save himself. Just like the queen could intervene and stop all this hurt that the waywardness of her children is causing, the king that is hanging there on the cross could likely stop his own pain that was brought about by the waywardness of his children. Jesus had demonstrated his power for miracles before. Why not another one now? But instead, Jesus, the embodiment of the Good Shepherd, stays on the cross and, in a sense, all seems to be lost. 
I know we know this, but I think it's helpful to go back and hear again what Jesus says to Pontius Pilate in John's gospel when the earthly king asks Jesus, are you king of the Jews? Jesus responds by saying, you remember, my kingdom is not of this world. And he goes on to tell Pilate that If it were, his followers by now would have already raised up an army that would have kept him from being crucified. Now, the implication is that the kingdoms of the world, they turn to what we know rules. I think one of the children said it best. Kings can be mean. We turn to violence in order to secure our power. But Jesus is instituting a kingdom that will do the exact opposite. Jesus will pour himself out. He will be deeply humiliated and he will suffer the greatest injustice. Until the end, he will be ridiculed Because this kingdom, from the perspective of the people, this kingdom will fail. It will die because its leader cannot be both shepherd and lamb. Maybe as much as it was in the day of Jesus' death, it still is today that the kingdom Jesus inaugurates is still hidden behind the noise of those pompously ruling earthly empires. Jeremiah prophesied that the good shepherd will bring us together and rule in justice and peace. And then Jesus showed us how the good shepherd accomplishes this by acts of mercy rather than positions of power. And at the end, The ruler of God's kingdom does not help himself, but he helps others. He helps others who desperately need it because they can't help themselves. He doesn't meet evil with evil. He repays evil with good. He forgives those who don't even know what they're doing. And he arranges for a place for a sinner in paradise. I love the line that the choir sang. You who preach the way that's narrow have a love that reaches wide. As I watch the crown this season, the phrase heavy, the head that wears the crown keeps coming to mind. As I see Queen Elizabeth seemed to get more and more dismayed. The queen is so distraught over the actions of her children, her subjects, and it seems like her choices are very limited. She can either live with it in grief, or like she did yesteryear, she can just remove them. And neither of those are great options. Christ the King offers a new option, a new hope. Christ the King does not want us to suffer or be lost forever. 
So Jesus takes the pain on himself. The world's kingdoms will tell us time and time again that the powers of violence and injustice, they, they will have the day. But Jesus' death shows us that glimmer of light in the darkness. He does what no earthly king would ever be willing to do as the shepherd and the lamb and gives us this paradox of a leader, a king, who is exalted only by being humbled. And by this, his kingdom continues to break back into the world each and every time we exalt this humbled king. And each and every time we follow his leadership and example. The here but not yet nature of Jesus' kingdom has strong implications on us, on our faith. We who are part of the system, we who are part of the kingdom, part of the community, we are a part of the hope that one day, one day the empires of the world will be drowned out completely by the love and the mercy that the followers of Jesus will echo over and over again. We follow the good shepherd who was slain as our sacrificial lamb, giving us a new hope that we don't have to live with the grief of the world as it is. We have a new reality, one based on extreme acts of compassion for one another. And that's what we're called to live into. The kingdom started with Jesus' death, but that kingdom breaks back into the world each time we declare him as our Lord, the king of our lives, and follow his example. We see the world as it is today. We see it, and we know that the lamb is still needed here as our king. May it be so. Amen. As we affirm Christ as our Lord, we also affirm our faith in the triune God as we stand together now and declare our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Let us bow our heads together in prayer. God of abundant blessing, as we approach a holiday of gratitude, 
and a new liturgical year. We pause to give you thanks and praise. We acknowledge all good gifts that come from you and for the many, many ways that you bless us. Especially we thank you for family and loved ones who encircle us with care. We thank you for clear skies and starry nights that stun us with your creation's beauty. We thank you for acts of kindness and compassion that are unexpectedly shared between neighbors and strangers. Lord, help us to defy any partisan rhetoric and rancor and act with honesty and integrity in your kingdom. We note that the sun is sinking earlier and the days are growing shorter in this darkening season. Your people languish, yearning for a break from bad news and heavy burdens. In our despair, we turn to you and we lift up hope-filled petitions for the needs of your people. We pray silently now for those needs that we are aware of. Lord, we pray for victims of violence, war, and oppressive regimes that, regimes that still perpetuate the rule of current empires. We pray for, pray for those in need of healing from trauma, for those whose spirits are burdened. We pray for those who are beyond our help. We humble ourselves before you, Christ our King, to pray for the redemption of the world. May we live and love and forgive as you did. May we resist evil forces that seek to turn us from your path. And may we embrace your way of peace, transformed for lives of love and grace. Now hear us pray the prayer Christ taught us together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The one who shepherds us, comforts us, and provides for us is the one, the same one who's owed our thanks and our gratitude. In deep humility, let us bring our offerings before God.
Holy Spirit, move us again to share God's blessings with the world, light to those who dwell in darkness, forgiveness to those who yearn for mercy, and peace to those who live in conflict. With these gifts that we offer, let us also bring the promise of God's kingdom to all of God's children. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us sing together hymn number 150, Come Christians, join to sing. Go out into the world in peace, declaring Christ the King and ruler over all creation. Go out into the world with courage, supporting the ways that he gives light to those who sit in darkness and guides our feet in the way of peace. And now may the holy triune God, the visible and invisible strengthen and support you this day and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>